Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Scott, and joining me on this sunny and beautiful day here in Portland, it's my two co-hosts that you're used to hearing, Tyler Bagginsauce, Kyle George, and for the third, maybe fourth time, I, I always forget, a uh, pretty forgettable guy overall, but it's uh, Jack McDonald, used to be our LA resident, returns to his hometown of PDX, and potentially... A new homeowner. We're not going to hold our breath because it's pending inspection, folks. We just went over this. Pending inspection. We, we have a loose chimney. So We have a loose chimney that <laughs> if the big one let's hits, be careful. Jack's got to worry more let's than just careful. the river flooding. Let's, let's just say it. I'm not putting the couch underneath the chimney <laughs> <laughs> upstairs. You might not enjoy the fireplace might fall through too the much ceiling. right off the bat. Uh, Jack McDonald on the mics with us today. And Jack, we've changed the intro a little bit. Now I'm just going to hit you all with the headline. Yep. We're going to dive right into the pod. Stay a little more free form, a little more easy flowing. The headline is this. Mother shows up to her child's school ready to fight classmate. Uh, so that's the Twitter headline that we're starting with. And I need everyone's immediate reactions. Tyler, you were mentioning before the... <laughs> I knew you would. I just saw you reacting to the beefs more on that later. And I know you're one for a, a bit Riled of a temper. Up. Yeah. Um, apparently, you were telling me she only showed up with one boxing glove. Well, it's super glued to her hand, too, Connor, of course. I mean... Better traction. Yeah, better traction. <laughs> Don't want it slipping off. And, you know, no one can take it off of her. You know, it's it's glued to her, Connor. I mean, it's literally it's glued. It's literally her. glued. Yeah, and so, so, Jack, if you're the principal, mom walks in. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, Mrs. Whatever. What? Why do you why do you have a boxing glove on one hand? Where's your head? Come go on as in, the you know, let's have a meeting. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, where's your head? Uh, go? A, a lot of questions being raised right off the bat. First off, I want to give props to the mom for the mentality that she's going into the school with with like the known fact that I'm going to fight. Without a boxing glove, a twelve-year-old probably going to prison. Well, without a boxing glove, you could have entered the school saying, "Okay, you know what? Maybe a fight will happen. I'll be ready to go." We don't know which direction it's going to go. With a boxing glove on your right hand, super glued, according to you Tyler. Know going. You know it's going down. She showed up and that's exactly she was how she's going Biggie in. on the way to the school just <laughs> oh, as, her, yeah. as, as, her, as her drive-in music, just like getting her pumped up for the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can fuck me. Well, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. There's no turning back once you have the boxing glove on. Um, especially yeah. since it's tape. Well, so so no, 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 wait. Yeah. You quite literally could turn the car around and be like, maybe I shouldn't fight a 12-year-old today. <laughs> like, there is well, turning back. To your point, the principal being like, yeah, come on in. Like, right. welcome with wide open, you know, like, laying the red carpet out. Like, maybe tell her to turn around. I think or... they're get, the principal here is getting overlooked. Is like, yeah, totally. How's that lady on the premises and we're just chilling with the one boxing <laughs> And then, on. what do you know, a little 12-year-old gets punched in the face. Like, no kidding, dude. Like, what would did you... Did actually sus- happen? Did a 12-year-old get punched? Someone got punched. I don't, I don't know, A. <laughs> I don't think anyone got actually hit. No one got hit? No, she, no, someone definitely got hit. I think they stopped her when they saw a 40-year-old woman walk in with we, a boxing glove to a middle sense. school. Like, trust, allegedly. I think I th- allegedly. Let the court due process take its course, yes. of course. But um, do we think like there was any part of her that actually thought, I'm going to hit a 12-year-old today? There had to be, right? You don't super glue a glove on if you're just doing it for show. And actually, better question... What issues do 12-year-olds have that were so severe, and let's exclude real ones, let's be funny about it, um, that, that they're having that like makes a mom well, be like, yes, I'm showing up today? Well, maybe 
the uh, this lady's daughter was getting bullied by this girl. That's the real one that, I was trying to avoid. But oh, yeah, oh. no, we can go right into that. She must yes. have been talking shit. <laughs> she must have been talking shit. You get hit. <laughs> I was thinking maybe there was a, one of the you know cardinal sins of middle to elementary school times. Lunchable was stolen out of the backpack. Oh, and oh yeah, I see. You put, not only do the parents pay good money, so now we understand why mom's at school, uh-huh. but that's, as a kid, that's heartbreaking. You've yeah. been looking that's forward to that for, murder, for at you know? least four hours, which <laughs> in 12 year old terms is about four months. Like, I mean, that it is. It's That's grounds for murder. It <laughs> truly is. So at that point, Someone I'm kind of like, I the, get police, it. the police, you know, they look the other way when that kind of, right. kind of thing happens. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's what I <laughs> usually You just don't be doing think. that. But then part of me also thinks, is you, this? Go it, ahead. It could have been a hot lunch situation. Now that I'm thinking about it, right. oh, like they met, took their code you don't or mess they with took another person's pizza? hot lunch from middle no, school. No, 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 not well, on Godfather's Pizza Day. No, no way. And as someone, yeah. <laughs> and as someone who used to basically only get cold lunches, yeah. uh, great cold lunches. Thank you, Mrs. Scott. Um, but the hot lunch day was like going to fast food is now, yes. which yes, I do it four times a week, but that's different. <laughs> like it was, it was the holy grail of food at that time. So I could understand like. You took my hot lunch ticket? Okay, hands. Like, put them up. Like, let's square up. (laughs) Square up. But that did have me thinking, what's a crazy story for all of you all that took place? Maybe, like, let's aim more elementary, middle school. We'll go into high school as well. But (laughs) just a story of kind of your anarchy you caused in school. Jack, I know you had one that you said came right to mind. Right, right. Uh, what a crazy time that was. <laughs> Let's start off with that. Shout out to those teachers. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Just no rules. Seriously, no, shout out to no, all No teachers. supervisors during recess whatsoever. Anything could happen on the playground. You'd come back and wipe your hands and it's all good. So a story that immediately <laughs> comes to mind, we would always play kickball on the baseball field just outside of our elementary school. For whatever reason, it was is wasn't the uh, the best elementary school. I'll preface by saying that. It was, okay. you know, it was kind of a... I'll, I'll just say it wasn't the best elementary school. There was some rough edges. To around. some kids, yeah. Some wild, yeah. wild ones. Or to the facilities is more or what I'm picking facilities. up on. Yeah, it's not, like not it was a, a broken of, down baseball field. I'm just saying not a ton on. of investment into the playground, to the baseball field, all that stuff. We would never host t-ball games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that says it all right there. Let's put it that way. We weren't even up to standard. We'd no. always be driving roughly 20, 25 minutes for the t-ball games. Um, anyways, on the baseball field, we Timmy always stepped like, on a needle again. Fuck. <laughs> we always be playing kickball. And one of my best buddies, Randall, who has since moved, shout out to Randall. He was coming around third base, and there was this loose pile of bricks for, <laughs> for like a construction project that was yet to be complete that was probably halfway through, maybe phase three out of phase five. It was, it was um, in construction. He was coming around third. I was just sitting there waiting on deck, and I pick up one of the bricks for whatever reason because he was on the opposing team, and I think it'd be a great idea to chuck it at him. To try to try and just a keep brick. just a brick to try and keep to try and keep him from scoring, hopefully helping Probably my team win. Yeah, like, so you, you know, literally yeah. tried to murder the man because he well, rounded third. So what ended up happening is it uh, landed on his feet. Basically, he tripped, he fell down. It was enough for him to tell on me. I think tell on me is the proper way of saying that, right? At that age, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. or tattletale. Tattled. Narc. He tattled. Narc. He officially Narc's tattled on me. <laughs> <laughs> he told the supervisor. So, anyways, I am then instructed to immediately like go to the lunchroom and then write on paper, just like they do in the Simpsons Bart when, Simpson, when Bart yeah. Simpson writes on the chalkboard. I will not 
Chuck Bricks at Randall, <laughs> Randall Robinson to be specific, a hundred times. And it took up the entire lunch period and into whatever the next period was to the degree where I was actually hating it. I didn't think it was a real um, punishment, punishment yeah. but it was. That's for sure. <laughs> I, huh. I, you mentioned the rough edges, but I'm concerned why the teachers made you specify you won't throw them at Randall. Like, is everyone yeah, else fair no, yeah, game everyone still? Yeah, else is fair it's game. Like, yeah, like, you can't throw it at Randall, but Molly, like, if you need to, <laughs> you need to take her out. Like, Ashley, I mean, two grades up. Yeah, she's, exactly. she's fair game. I had but Randall, a no, ago, he's, a, you have he's our uh, athletic prodigy, so right. don't mess True. with him. No. Well, weirdly enough, she's also specified Randall R, not Randall T. So Tainer was still still very <laughs> yeah, much fair, a target. He was fair game. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Uh, you literally tried to commit murder to stop a run from scoring. I wish you had the same mentality when you pitched in baseball. Kyle, um, go ahead uh, with your school story. <laughs> All right, mine actually involves another member in this room, which is Tyler Baggins-Toss. Um, <laughs> so Tyler... Right. Let's just say, Tyler caused the most <laughs> Tyler caused havoc in middle, middle school. school. <laughs> like... You know, more than anybody else. And, you know, we, especially in Spanish class, for some reason, Spanish class were where all the shenanigans happened. I don't really know why. Shout out Mrs. Pilcher. She had to deal with us quite a bit. But um, a, a common thing to do in Spanish class <laughs> was to uh, give skits. You had to perform Spanish skits. You taking my shit, bro? <laughs> well, dude, I was the one that had to really deal with this. You just thought it was hilarious. So basically, <laughs> Tyler and I are partners, and we have to go up and give a fucking Spanish skit. And Tyler has a tennis ball with him. And we're preparing. I, I say preparing. We weren't really preparing. Tyler, I don't think, really cared that much about our skit. Um, and Tyler had a tennis ball, and he decided that it would be funny to give the skit with the tennis ball over his dick. The, like, you literally pants. had it in his pants the entire time. <laughs> and if you picture, like, you're wearing, you're wearing boxers, ball. right? So, like, he had to hold it in place. I'm just holding it's my not, dick all Yeah, speech. he literally was just holding his dick with a tennis ball <laughs> over it the entire Spanish skit. And I'm having to communicate with him in a foreign language up in front of the entire class. And she she didn't even notice. No, no, whole, no one noticed. The whole class. No, no one noticed. No, I don't think... Uh, well, okay, I mean, like other than... Brennan the, Simes other than the close knit group knew yes. what was going on here, but like I don't think anyone else really noticed. So everyone just was fine with Tyler grabbing his dick during a Spanish skit, but there was a tennis ball in there the whole time. <laughs> that is, Tyler, when um, during that speech did you think like, yeah, I semi maybe shouldn't have done this? Anytime, I was so dumb. <laughs> I, I it never even blind crossed. commitment yeah. to the bit. I respect. I was that. full in this bit. Like I was going. Like to jail, or to, <laughs> I, was, I, I was following through with it to the final end, and it, I made it through. Kyle, Kyle clutched up, whatever we were talking about, but I made it through. And I'm assuming because we're sixth or seventh graders, so anything around your uh, genitalia is going to draw a huge <laughs> reaction and laugh. Do, were you able to even say your Spanish skit lines? I don't think so. There's I don't no remember, way. Dude. I it was you, probably you like, crying like, Bayamo Tyler. Like, <laughs> I think I was just trying to be a funny dipshit, like just <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> trying the keyword. Uh, yes, but trying. no, I'm joking. That that yeah, actually for, was yeah, that was a story I remember. We all went to the same middle school outside of Jack, rough around the edges guy. No. But uh, <laughs> that was a story around school. It's like Tyler walked out of the portables. Everyone's like, there, there was a time I just like wore my cup to school, like my baseball cup. <laughs> <laughs> you just so dumb. Please don't tell you me so... that's actually true. <laughs> why, why were you so focused on increasing bold? Yeah. I need the help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was kind of. Kyle did tell a story about you, Ty, but yes. do you have a different one for us, or do you want me to go first? Um, I got one. Okay, this one isn't as as early of an age. This is 
fresh as soon as I got my driver's license. <laughs> it's a story I've pulled off telling okay. on the podcast for a while now, but it's 10 years later. So, I mean, what? Can they get me in trouble now? I don't know. Statute of limitations it's, it's have ran out. Time, yes. So, you know when you get your license and you have that six-month grace period of, like, you just don't drive anyone or else you get a ticket or something. Yeah, I got one a month in for that exact D- thing. Didn't abide to that rule. As soon as I got to school, just all the homies, like, just for no apparent reason, I would take them, like, do you need to go to the grocery store? Sure, let's go. This time happened to be a Friday football game. I was with Alex Ponce and Andrew Schlotman, and we were going to, like, Burger King or, or like, Panda, and it was late at night. And I was I had a truck for my first car, and I didn't really know how to drive it at first so when you're in a parking spot in a truck you kind of have to back out straight and then turn i just cranked the wheel in the in the parking spot and just totally sideswipe this van just like i color it maroon this the color of my truck like we literally color it to the point where the, the van is shaking and, and I, i'm i'm 16 you weren't even close and I, I turn around and andrew and Ponce are like mouths dropped in the back and I'm like, hit and run, bitches. <laughs> I back up and I haul ass and we just go. And I, I was scared shitless to drive back in that area. I mean, I showed up to school just like silver on the front, you know, just, just dumb, just stupid move. Got away with it. Knock on wood up to this point. 10 years later, oh I'm 26 now. That was at 16. Just a that proud truck's moment. long gone, right? Yeah. I mean, sold. I had 7,500. It's, yeah, it's in Albany. Uh, the funniest part to me of that isn't even the side swipe. It's the fact that. To make up for the side swipe, side swipe, you went Eric Cartman voice to the totally. two, the two crowd. You're like, right, guys, this is hilarious. <laughs> it was like, one of the funniest fucking moments of my life. I, I just, run, it wasn't like anything lethal, you know, like where I killed someone and left. It was. And you refused to it, drive it in the hilarious. area. That, that is that's pretty good. I think the one that comes to mind for me is in the back of our uh, middle school science class. It wasn't the most like attentive teacher all the time, and they're also this is ha- Levin. We don't say names here. Oh. Yes, and okay. so it was uh, one of those moments where they're like running you through an experiment, so their heads are down a lot of the time, and they're trying to like manage a bunch of different things. And I was wearing sweats, and I'm, you know, at that period in my life where, thank God, I finally grew out of it. I needed a lot of attention. Um, <laughs> I've grown way out of that. Just sense. a small twenty-year period of your life. <laughs> yeah. See, so twenty, I'm out of Still it. Still going. You're in the middle. Of it. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, and so thinking I was hilarious, uh, and you know, quite athletic. Um, I I got out of my back row seat. Backed all the way up. There was a huge runway of just like pure uh, concrete in the back that was like, you know how it has that sheen to it so it looks slippery? I ran from the back corner, baseball slide, (laughs) all the way forward into a cupboard that held all of our books on it, like our textbooks. Books can fly down. Flying down. And she absolutely freaked out. But luckily this teacher was one to maybe not like send you to the office or anything. So I sat outside for like... Ten minutes, came back in. It was all all fine and good. But it was one of those moments where I look back and I'm like, what's going through the young yeah, seventh what's grader's the motive mind? There? Of the, yeah. There has to be no a girl motivation. in the corner of the class who are trying to impress athleticability. Hey, check out my baseball slide in the back of this classroom. Well, and I obviously <laughs> Look how hot I am. I slid about ten feet right into those I'm sure books. it worked. <laughs> I'm super athletic. I don't know if you know. You're sweating. I might as well just prove Sweating through your shirt. Did you pull a swim move? No, it was definitely feet first. It wasn't even close. You know, 
this sounds like a story now that I'm thinking of that had to be aided by Matthias Wise Local. No, oh, he we was, don't uh, use he names here, but that has to be a Matthias story. Um, okay, good times going back to uh, middle school. But thinking of middle school, one thing that's been absolutely perplexing me, I've just recently joined the TikTok game. Uh, not, uh, I don't know if you can say I've joined. I'm more sitting on the sidelines. I'm not going to make anything ever. But I'm now watching the TikToks uh-huh. and have the app, right? Yep. Uh, and so I just wanted to bring that up as a general topic because one thing I'm noticing in my early experience is um, why the fuck are these kids famous? <laughs> like, they don't do... It, half of them are just literally staring at a camera, lip bite, lift the shirt up, I'm out. <laughs> and those are the dudes. So I'm like... It's so cringy, but it works so well. well they, and then I look at the likes and it's like 18 million likes. I'm like, yeah, what millions. the fuck? That is insane. That's the influencer game, right? Right. Imagine what Jack's chest dent could do. Uh, big numbers. <laughs> if he was 18. Huge numbers. Big numbers yeah. And we got a bowl of him eating a bowl of cereal out of there. Something. I mean, there's a lot of freaky shit we can do with Jack. The, the goal is to be unique online. Connor, to your point, I knew this time would come into my life when I felt out of touch with a different generation. I didn't think it would be so soon. Me We're four neither. years out of college. Well, I thought I, I at least had another five years under my belt. To wait and feel like the young guy on the block, but no, not so fast. These teenagers have caught us by surprise. I mean, I feel so out of touch with this new TikTok wave. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what makes them famous, what makes it entertaining, what makes them popular. I mean, I think I'm so out of touch. It's just so simple, though, right? Floppy hair, six-pack abs, Yeah. take your shirt off, and bite talk about nothing. Yeah, like, talk about what we talk about. The that's a good point, though, Jack. This was has definitely been the first moment where I'm like, oh, that's why parents didn't adapt to Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Because I'm like, I get that feeling of being old where I'm like, I don't want to figure it out. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. That being said, I'm now on the adventure, and so, it's pretty entertaining. But why is TikTok exploding? And when we were in high school, Vine was a thing. And it seems like it's the same platform. It didn't have the Longer videos, access right? to the music. Longer videos, it wasn't, you can be a little bit more, you can customize it a little bit more, I think. Yeah, but in my opinion, it's not a, there's not a glaring difference between the two, and yet TikTok is exploding. Is it the well, Vine exploded. Well, Vine exploded. Vine exploded. Yeah, but yeah. Someone stay, just bought them out. And I feel like TikTok Instagram. is here to stay. I don't know what happened to Vine. Like what Someone bought them out like and then Instagram deleted them because they wanted to just do it on their, I think it was Instagram when they started Stories, bought yeah. out Vine, and then got rid of Vine just because uh-huh. like Stories were supposed to replace it. But to your point, Jack, that's a good question about the business like why now is tiktok exploding well, and and for example like tiktok is a great platform for sports uh highlights um immediately after yeah. the game just like 10 second highlights of here's what happened in the game you don't need to spend your two hours after work watching the full blazer game catching on yeah. tiktok for 20 seconds boom you saw the dunk you saw dame score 30 whatever it is why was tiktok able to accomplish that Catch and, Instagram, and, and basically. Take, yeah, exactly. Take that market, and Vine wasn't, even though it's, in my opinion, the same platform. I think though, I, I would argue, like, I think Vine was. I think then they just got bought out by one of the companies, like Instagram. What or they Facebook, also came yeah. up. Vine also had like you can only have like a six second video, right? Or so and, it was limited. And I think the issue with Vine is that they were on the come up the exact same time Twitter and Instagram were blowing up. So it was like a three horse race, whereas now. Twitter and Instagram have become Facebook, where yep. it's aged. And although we love Twitter and Instagram, uh-huh. I think a part of the appeal is also like the younger generations having their own playground, quote unquote, in uh-huh. social media is like a new trend we've seen over the last 20 years that we were a part of, too. Uh-huh. Like, think of early Instagram was 
all your high school friends and all your like college people, but it wasn't a lot of like 30 plus year olds at all. And now yeah. everyone has one, of course, right? Uh-huh. That makes sense. Twitter's always been a more of a mixed bag yeah. because that's like I, I don't know why, honestly. Twitter's like my news source, which is like <laughs> I know that's it, which it's weird to say. Something within itself. It, yeah. it, it's like literally just how I learn about what's going on in the world because it's quick. You know what I mean? Like you can scroll fast. Well, you obviously get the, the mix same. of like your I mean, sports news. I, I learn about what's going on in the sports world, but also just like in the world in general. Yeah. Like you follow like those main well, you know media outlets, you can get a good sense of what's going on. Isn't that like we talked about it last podcast? Like our attention spans are right. dropping. They're basically nothing. Nothing to where like you have these quick videos, like the short minute video. TikTok it is the dopamine hit it, of like yeah. a new or serotonin, I think, whatever so, it is. But I think that's has a lot to do with it. Um, I don't know. So I, what's I, next? What's the next social media? That's a good uh, app? question. And we should just think of it right now and then make it. Okay, let's spend. Let's spend. I'm gonna. I'm gonna track it on our clock. Let's spend one minute, real yeah. quick, brainstorming a good new app. So what's something, Jack? I want to start. We're gonna mix no, the bag. We, we, what's it called? Um, use your mic. No, no. So. Yeah, you do have to use the mic to record. No, they, the, they they they're trying to record it right now or create it right now, and it's about oh, to the marketplace. Clubhouse. Not Clubhouse. It's a different one where instead of Instagram, where you take a picture, you filter through all the pictures, you choose one, you post it. Instead, you go through your night with your friends, you take a ton of pictures. These pictures Uh-oh. get sent to a catalog, basically. They don't get posted <laughs> to your social media or anything. But the next day, you have an opportunity to filter through those pictures, choose like. One, two, three, four, five, all of these are going to represent my previous night. And so the goal of the app or the platform is to promote living in the moment versus Instagram. You're taking pictures and, and it's distracting from mm. your moment because you want to post it that oh. night to say, this is what I'm doing that night. Uh, instead, it's, instead, it's changing. the. Well, I'm not the one who created the idea. It's about to hit the market. So instead, this app promotes living in the moment. That's their selling point because Genius. you take a ton of pictures, yeah. it gets cataloged, it's logged, but, and the next day it shifts between instead of getting your likes, and again, I'm not on social media, so I, I'm not you too experienced. Instagram it's, it's literally literally I, I, I'm not too experienced in this realm, but instead of trying to search or fish for your likes during the hot periods from like three to seven or whatever it is for your Instagram girl, Instead, it's the next morning because it's promoting this healthy lifestyle. Even though it's still, you're still allocating the same amount of time to social media. It's still really unhealthy, in my opinion. You're trying to promote this, like, um, I'm very self-aware of my time, and I'm, I'm using my time effectively. I'm living in the moment, even though which you're still fits. allocating the same amount of time to your damn social media. Right, which kind of fits, the day. like... All generations coming up, we all, you know, claim to value experience and yeah. I want to live instead of like save all my money. I want to like yeah. see things and do it's, things. So it's a really smart marketing strategy, in my opinion. It's like, a good idea, actually, but do you actually still not have Instagram? No, I got rid of everything. Jack, wow. you've that, never had good, it. That's a good idea for I those did people. Have it for a little bit. But all these people who are posting so much, they they want the likes immediately. They want to take those pictures, get, yeah. post well, it and get like they're not gonna wait. And give it like it's gonna force not, people to have real lives again. No, I think it's going to <laughs> if, become if cool can, oh, to be okay. self aware, and that is like, changing oh, it from like your that PM obsessed, to an AM. But I'm only obsessed the next day. Then. The next day, yeah. Okay. Well, Even I mean, think of us, I obsessed. would respect. <laughs> it sounds terrible. A little bit I would more. respect it a lot more if everyone was like, "Oh, this is what I did last night." The next day, uh-huh. when people post stuff, I'm like, "So did you go there just to take just a picture?" Just a lax update. You know, I'm just getting to it a little late. This is what I did last night. I was living in the moment. Uh, it, was, it was my bitch's birthday, and we just had a good night. Well, that's a good point. I mean, let's say you spend four hours, like your average millennial Gen X spends four hours a day on Instagram or social media, which sounds crazy, but I feel like that's pretty accurate. Three three hours a day instead of Probably. being from 
six to nine every night. It's from why you pick ten, those numbers? Ten <laughs> from ten to one the next day, and because of that, you are now cooler, and more socially aware. <laughs> that is, it's interesting. I wonder if that Kyle, do you think that's a big enough like shift from Instagram to take over? Just since we're on this idea in general, honestly. I don't think it takes a big shift in order I don't for you either. to be successful I, yeah. because, like, we already kind of t- touched on it with TikTok and Vine. It's like they're very similar. Like, TikTok is a little bit more dynamic in terms of what you can do, I guess. But I, I actually, to answer your question, I do think like that can still be successful because I do think it's like those those little tiny things that differentiate from what already exists, and it's it's more of like a like a fad, you know what I mean? It's like you're you're apt to be successful. It just has to be a fad for like a one to three year period, right? And then you're gonna make so much money in that one to three year period that like it's a success. It's like Facebook nowadays. Like not a lot of people really go on Facebook, but F- Facebook's a forever success. It's a huge company. You know what I mean? Like it, yes. it's buying all these other companies. Like you make all this money, and then all of a sudden you're this giant corporation that can kind of do whatever it wants from that. That's a good yeah. point. And um, I have a that that made me think of a good or a question, a follow up question, which is, what do you guys think of like the under Jack? I know this kind of excludes you again because you're just refuse to participate. But for the rest of us, what do you guys think of kind of the underground Snapchat community that definitely is still live? Like we all have like five of those friends that still like mainly communicate through Snapchat. Uh, I know we call them out a lot, but shout out CVD. I don't hear... <laughs> I, I, He's I, totally a Snapchat I guy. only hear from him on Snapchat. That being said, they're always fucking funny. So I, I love yes. getting them, but it's interesting to me because, Kyle, you just pointed out, like things definitely go through waves. Like None of us are really on Facebook much anymore, if at all. That being said, Snapchat should be dead by now, but there's definitely this cult community public around company. Snapchat. They IPO'd like a year and a half ago or whatever it was. No, I Longer know. than that, like three years ago. I know they're doing fine as business. I'm just saying, like, who do you know that uses it? The same I five people. Not a lot. The not same lot. five people, right? <laughs> I don't have it. Exactly. And so I'm just curious, like... And like the only reason I use Facebook, to whoever's point, was if you get hot in one port or sector of the industry to that you create this business, I use it for the marketplace. I sell... All my shit on Facebook Marketplace. And then now that I'm on Marketplace, I do scroll Facebook sometimes and I check out what's going on. So it's genius what they're doing. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just like the ability to kind of adapt what you're doing into something yeah, I think that you just have to adapt your crowd constantly. is going to like. Because how, how often does one platform just last for ages? Right. You con- you constantly have to adapt and I think that's what all Honestly, the Twitter's doing. kind of been the best one in terms of its longevity because as people get older... Uh, well, not that we don't like it when we're younger, but as people get older, we all feel like we have something very important to say. <laughs> so it's a perfect place to dump all those dumbass thoughts. I know uh-huh. I have plenty. Twitter, of. Twitter adapted really well in the sense that, like, I th- I feel like when we all first got Twitter, it was like, oh, what are my friends posting? You know what I mean? It, right. it was a way, like, I know it was created in a way to like interact with celebrities and things like that. But it's now, like I was saying earlier, beca- it's my media outlet now. Yeah, how I learned. So I feel like. I shouldn't say well, Twitter adapted, more so like companies adapted to utilize Twitter. It's kind of become Twitter the, the daily news. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. it scare you that it's your main source of media? Because not really. your Twitter account is it. completely tailored to your preferences. Wait, no, not, Jack, re- not necessarily because it's more... But you've chosen who you follow and what you interact with, and therefore the it's algorithms... Well, then, it's then tailored to give you what you want to hear. news channels you watch. It's like you chose to watch But you have the channel. option to watch all of them. Yeah, you have the... But that's what I'm saying. It's like you can make the same argument I think for whether you're watching, getting your news source from media or from your totally. or from in, your TV or from social media. In the sense that, yes, it's even restricting it down to what I want to see another level. Yeah. That being said, if I choose to watch Fox or CNN, 
you're getting two different takes on the exact same yeah. story. So you're always going through someone else's filter or whatever newspaper it is. Yeah, if you whatever. Want to get to that, yeah, it's I, like those you're are just still the choosing easy a separate. Example. And if you outlet. don't have like if you're. I think the craziest people are like who just watch uh, Fox or just watch CNN. You have to have both arguments, like, right. and that's For where sure. our society we're getting to a deep ship. <laughs> like that, that, that's where we struggle. We just like aren't willing to hear other people out. Like, hear someone else out and like with an open mind. For one time, America, come on. Competition, <laughs> 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 but it yeah. is a good. I, I mean, it's a good point. I think we everyone feels it at this day and age where it's like. You create almost an alliance. To one, TikTok is just, America. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Yeah. It's sadly true. Um, okay, before we get too deep and dark, because that's not why people are here, let's move right along to the Beavers. <laughs> Your Oregon State Beavers officially advanced to let's the go. Elite Eight this morning um, with a win over Loyola. Cinderella story. Fighting Sister Jeans. It's, let me just off the top say, say it. It's so great to have Sister Jean fucking gone. Let's go. Let's get her out of here. I get it. I'm going to get attacked. It's a sweet old lady in a wheelchair. No. We've no. had enough. They they had no, no one. No, she's year. a real threat. She's she a, a real, real threat. threat. That's she fine, Connor. She's a divine intervention totally. to fucking Six man for basketball. them. Totally. No, I, I agree completely. Agree. Go off. And, and I'm just fucking over it. Like, <laughs> well, why... Even three years ago when they made their run, why the fuck do I care about a nun in a wheelchair when this team <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. It's nothing against her personally, but no. I'm watching a basketball well, game. It's just like you're, you're it's the, a story. I'm watching a basketball game. It's just like game. you're a player on that team. It's like, oh, man, I just had 15 that game. What a great game I had. It's like, exactly. no, on ESPN. Well, the Fighting Sister Jeans had uh, a great game today. Right. And they, uh, here's a story on Sister Jean. Like, let's not talk about any of the players and their accomplishments. Exactly. Conference. There was a guy from the team, like, in 2017, and his name was Clayton Custer, and He's like the typical senior point guard, led them their best player, but shouldn't even be competing with like the Michigans of the world yeah, yeah, and yeah. whoever they played that year, Villanova's, and dominating. Most people never heard that name in their life until I just said Don't it. Know and who that but is. meanwhile, we actually all think that Loyola Chicago's mascot is the Fighting Sister Jeans. Yes. What's their mascot? No Someone idea. tell me. It's a, it, 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 the the it, image it, is a wolf. I don't know if it, exactly. they're actually the wolves, they, but it guessing. looks like a wolf. But yeah. what can you say when you hear Loyola Chicago? Sister Jean. He's 99 and watches basketball. Yeah, so do a lot of fucking grandparents. <laughs> is she over 100 now? What? She's got to be over 100 oh, now. Oh, I don't know. but If she's not over 100... Yeah. We've been robbed of too much of our time. <laughs> That's the only mark that I'll respect. Dude, dude, whoa, the, the, she wears a sweatshirt. Hey, no. She wears a freaking The story sweater. here is the Oregon State Beavers. Sorry, you're right. The story here is the Oregon State Beavers. First time in the dance. Don't make... I'm going to make the story about someone else for a second. Who's the... Dwight James. He was getting mad online because once the Beavers won the Pac-12 championship, he was like, don't call it dancing. They made it to the tournament. It's like... <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, that dude? Makes no they're sense. dancing. That's they're, a horrible take. They're dancing in your brain, Dwight. You stupid I gotta, I idiot. Gotta, I gotta call out. Actually, hey, <laughs> Dwight's the <laughs> stupidest. <laughs> stupid, tweet. stupid tweet. <laughs> We're starting a media war yeah. because we know he listened. Uh, that was hilarious. It was like literally what you just said. PSA: It's not cool to calling it calling it going dancing. It's like yeah. no, it is fucking cool. It's actually. super cool. It's great. To I am saucing on your butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. The Oregon State Beavers advanced to the Elite Eight. Along with that, it's great news for the West Coast because the Pac-12 still Represent. has four teams in the tournament at large. We're only on the second game of the Sweet 16. So still have Oregon and USC, unfortunately, have to square off. So we know it's at max three. But UCLA still fighting against Alabama later today. It's been somewhat of a revival for the Pac-12. And I know... Growing up, we always were very beavers and ducks and all that. But I'm curious, Jack, I want to start with you as the guest. 
has this year felt like, you know, along with aging out of TikTok, are you also starting to take more pride in it being the West Coast schools and the Pac-12 schools, or is it still very much Oregon or bust? No, not at all. I am in complete support of every Pac-12 school to have... You're six, backing the pack. I'm backing the pack. As Twitter might say. Yeah, I'm backing the pack to have success in, in March Madness because if the Pac-12 does well, then regardless of if Oregon or whoever you, whatever team you're rooting for is in the dance or not, it bodes well for that program. And so... If the Beavers are doing well, it represents Oregon as well, um, or UCLA, or Stanford, or whatever team you're backing. So all good things for the Pac-12. I'm going to be more proud of the West Coast Conference, which in years past... Are you a Gonzaga fan, or...? West Coast Conference? Pac-12, excuse me. (laughs) WCC? I I apologize for the slip up. (laughs) Well, Jack, The the big conference on the West Coast, he meant to say. Do you think if if Pac-12 basketball has been bad for... A while, like ever, while. maybe. Yeah. So do no you think it would change? Like, obvi- I feel the exact same way as you. I'm rooting. I always was rooting for Oregon back when they were in their Final Four runs and stuff. And I was not. Do you think if we had been more competitive years well, past, that would change, or you just want to kind of up the Pac-12 and like make it like a respectable conference first, yeah. and then it's all. You know, yeah, like exactly. you're not rooting for him. I want to certainly start like the first solidify them a little bit. The first bit. step is making the Pac 12 conference I guess I reputable in the eye of the nation, like the SEC or the ACC or Tournament the Big of, Ten or what Conference of Champions, all, all the That's power right. basketball yeah, conferences. Um, in my opinion, what I want to dig into here is the Pac 12 is known for investing in young talent and seeing that young talent through to their junior or senior seasons and eventually. Some in some cases letting him go to the NBA. That's unique. That's a um, a dying practice in college basketball right now because the blue bloods, specifically like your Dukes, Kentuckys, North Carolinas, they've been investing in the one and duns, yep. and it worked for them for a little bit. Specifically, <laughs> like like for forty years. Well, <laughs> like let's call out the AD team in at Kentucky. Um, Was or, that the Devin Booker team? No, the no. AD team. AD uh, team was the one that went undefeated, right? I well, think they yeah. lost one game. Only, and, and then that, that was the Devin Booker. Con that Duke team Con in Devin 2010. They lost in the tournament, yeah. Con Duke, J- Jahil Okafor, and then... 2015, I think, was that team with Justice Winslow, well, Okafor, yeah, and another one is done team. And, and so that, <laughs> that motivated the one-and-done era. And in my opinion, I don't think it was very healthy for college basketball. It's very difficult to attach yourself as a fan to one player if they're going to be gone, if they're going to enter the school and be gone out of the school in six months. Like, as long but as like the basketball season also, lasts. Oh, I I, I got to say, I agree. As a guy that's rooting for Duke well, constantly, it sucks to have a new team every year. It's, yeah. it's not fun, and those teams do not – Jack just ma- mentioned this. Those teams don't win in March, whereas Ty, like you'll, you'll know, and, and Kyle, we'll get to you in a second, obviously, with the Zags. But uh, you'll have recognized with the Beavs this year – Having those seniors like a Ethan Thompson, who's like just very steady, maybe not going to play in the NBA, probably not. And has progressed every single year at Oregon State. But yeah. he's confident in his progression. He's confident in big moments because he's played 120 college basketball games now. Those are the guys that win in March. And, and usually, just, just to cap my point really quick, so the past Pac-12 teams, the the five that made it and the four that are still in, Colorado dropped out. Um, last round, round of 32, they represent a team that is very familiar with themselves, that have senior leadership, and that <clears throat> have invested in their youth all the way mm-hmm. and seeing them through to their junior and senior years. That's and that point. makes me very proud to back and rep the Pac-12 because we're a dying breed and we're kind of making a comeback right now. 
And it's it's proving very valuable in March Madness this year. When, for example, like USC just routes Kansas, a team full of one and dones. Um, and that makes me very proud. Well, I think so the thing with the Pac-12 is not that... I think the Pac-12 has consistently had great talent. And I think the, the problem over the last five to six seasons with the Pac-12 is that they've just consistently underperformed. I don't think they haven't had the skill set to be elite teams. Like, I think they are good teams. You know what I mean? It's just like they haven't been winning those out-of-conference games in the, re- in the regular season. And then that's led to them not having the, the showmanship they should have in the tournament. And I think this year... They've just turned that around to Jack's point, where they've just they've shown well, that yeah. they're they're starting to make a comeback, which is good for them because I've shat on the Pac-12 the last three or four seasons. But to be fair, I think they deserve to be shat on. They they, they have to they've consistently that. underperformed. They've had so much value, especially like teams like UW when when Romar was their coach. They had like three or four guys come in that program that were top ten draft picks. And they had like four or five guys that were like that, and then they would just consistently not make the tournament. It was just getting ridiculous. <laughs> so I think it's it's great to see them come back in a way because. I I do think this the skill set has always been there. It's just been the results from a team perspective. Well, could that there. be like the the talent on all the teams is actually better than people are giving them credit for? Then the Pac-12 is just beating up on all themselves, and they only get one team in, like an Oregon, and then Oregon makes it to the Final Four and represents decently well. I totally I don't I, like I the beat up on themselves argument. That that, that I, I don't like that because I think that. There are teams like I'm ACC just bringing something teams, up. I know, I, I know, I'm not coming at you specifically. I'm just saying, but teams like the ACC, teams like the SEC, they have five to five to six teams in it every year, or like the Pac-12 the big, has. But that could be a Big Ten. They, that they, could be a bias on the whole country, though. Like we were talking about earlier, how we're West Coast. No, but it's. Do you want to know why? It's because the Pac-12, when they play non-conference, has sucked over the last four to five years. They don't have a good out-of-conference record. They've played better teams and haven't done well, and that's the reason why the perspective from a committee's perspective, selection committee, is they don't tend to favor the Pac-12, and and that's why I'm saying I just feel like they've underperformed. I don't think the skills. The skill set hasn't been there. I think they have the talent. They just haven't been doing well. Right. But it's great to see that, hey, they had 16 It was a good year this for year, us. and they crushed it. This year was fun. So it's huge for them. Yeah. Like, that's big. Meaningful basketball, college basketball, feels good. And, and let's hone in really quick on the state of Oregon. My gosh. Gosh Shout darn, out. two in. My goodness gracious. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> no, it is huge. To it's be a huge, yeah. Oregon and Oregon State fan. It's pretty cool. If the it Ducks is cool, win sure. tomorrow night, which I think they have a good shot personally. So do I. That it's going to be a good game versus USC, but I do think they have a good shot. If they win tomorrow night, I feel confident this could be stamped as the best state yeah. of Oregon college basketball season yeah. ever. Despite, I know, I think Oregon has won a national title, maybe the first one ever. First ever. And then Oregon State has an. I don't think Oregon State's won a national title in basketball, but has been to the Final Four (laughs) twice, also in that same very early on era. So since let's say 1970, definitely the best like college basketball year in the state of Oregon as a as a whole. I have a point. If Oregon can win, a question for the crew actually. So you're talking about how one and duns are bad and stuff or whatever, or whatever the point was. So does a Duke go in and and recruit guys that just aren't as good that they can keep for four years because the best players so, are just going to go and leave to the draft, and you can't blame that. So I want to pass this one to Kyle because Gonzaga is as good, I think, this year as they've ever been, yes, but also kind of as well-structured right now, and it can change, I totally get that, but right now as well-structured of a program for NCAA as you can have where, Kyle, I'll let you take it, but you're kind of mixing that talent with guys that you know are good but take more time to Get there with a red shirt year or that's a, also hard to go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, I'll floor. start by saying that I think the rules should be changed and that I think it should be more 
um, was it football and I think and baseball are similar to this where it's like you can get drafted out of high school but if you go to college you have to stay for an extended period of time agree I do totally. it, it should be the case for basketball it, too yes. where if you're totally good enough agree. to get drafted to high school and a team wants to take a chance on a young prospect that they that know they're going to the have to develop totally. then they can do that but then if they choose to go to college even if it's two years I think that makes a huge difference aside of the one and done even if you it have does. to say two years that makes a giant difference that sophomore then, year is huge yeah because then because it's like you get there your freshman year you can showcase your your skills and you can you obviously still have a lot of developing to do then that second year can be a lot more established and probably you know if you're good enough showcase your skills enough to where you can be a top draft pick after two years in college and to that point i mean just imagine and not like he's hurting anyway because he's been an all-star already once and everything but trey young freshman sensation team kind of sucked ass yeah um who oklahoma he, or oklahoma oh, yeah. yeah and he was a part of that because he you know how he plays. He holds the ball all the time. If he's a sophomore, though, then you're starting to be like, oh, they could really contend because he's so talented and they might be able to kind of build off the year prior to your point and take back yeah. over. But just I agree completely. Like that second year could be huge if you required that. If For you sure. don't go high school. And I think it's a mentality that needs to be established in a lot of the players as well, because like we've even seen this at, at Gonzaga with some of our guys where they'll play one to two seasons and then maybe they could have stayed one more year, but ended up leaving. And then they get drafted in the second round. They're in the G league or maybe make an NBA team for a year or two. And then they're kind of irrelevant. It's like, but then you look at guys like Corey Kispert this year who stayed for his senior season. And as, gone from a potential second round pick to probably a lottery, lottery pick this pick, year yeah. which so i think that kind of shows that it should be spread out amongst all of college basketball where so, it's like that extra year of playing in college really can do you yeah insane yeah like obviously you can get hurt that's the risk you take right yes everyone can get well, hurt go out of high school right it's I, right. exactly my point i would take i would say that same thing so, so i think go ahead Tom, those yeah. guys that are fringe players like um should I go to the NBA, get drafted late second round, or maybe not get drafted, go to the G League and go that route? Right. Um, it's probably, like your, I think that your point is, like it more beneficial for them to stay in college. They get more one-on-one time with the coaches. When you're in the G League, like they're, they're trying to, like, who's got the ra- most raw talent? Like, they're not spending yeah. as much. In- Maybe they are. I, I would guess well, that. Coaches are trying to move up, too. Yeah. Coaches <laughs> like, are trying to move up, too. But, like, when you're in college, like, they're trying to make you the best player you can be for their team. Right. I it seems like a, they get more focus on them in college. And that's where totally the benefit would be. It's a totally different aspect because when you're in the G League and the NBA, it's like, it's a business, right? Like, you're yeah. here, like, yes, we're going we're gonna to have our guys try to develop you as best we can, but they're not going to show the same kind of care. And this is what you're getting at. Then, like, a, like a college program that's like hey like we're trying to not only make you the best basketball player you can be but also like the best person like there's a lot more behind the scenes like represent the school like representing the school like doing well academically which then leads to you being a more intelligent person which can translate into your basketball career Mm -hmm. i think at least yeah so and and i want to throw this over to jack here for a quick portion which is jack obviously you know you like to think yourself a specimen, but you're not. You are six five, but you know, not a specimen. Uh, but can't dunk. <laughs> can't dunk. But you super are tall. Five. Can't dunk. Um, <laughs> Hardly anyway, touch the rim. The, the jab was unnecessary, <laughs> but all at the same time very necessary. The question is a little different, which is a lot of like one and done players, even after let's say six seven years removed, like a um, John Wall, or more specifically the guys that maybe even jump from high school. Uh, Obviously, they don't regret their decision if you're Kevin Garnett, Kobe R.I.P., or Tracy McGrady. Like, it worked out. But at the same time, those guys do openly admit, 
yeah, I kind of regret it because college is something you can do one time in your life. The NBA is going to be there outside of a catastrophic injury. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that life experience as an 18-year-old would be enough to draw you? If it was at 18, you decide you can get picked in the NBA or you go to college for at least two years and you risk the injury. All No money, obviously, whatever comes yeah. with it. And as a reminder, a lot of these people are not just in the, you know, a financial setting where it's well, like that's, that's a thing. lot of potential earnings for a family for mm -hmm. a, you know whoever it may be someone you're supporting it doesn't matter but even for yourself personally like mm -hmm. it's a lot of money as an 18 year old to pass up do you think like that experience angle is something to be considered or are you chasing the professional career because to their point yes you're getting more of like you're the star at the college all that you're also not playing against nba talent all day so in my opinion, your last point about the financial side of the decision-making process is your most important point. Right. It's impossible for us as yeah. the college basketball fans to place ourselves in the shoes of the young gentlemen who are incredibly talented and have an opportunity to support their family themselves They're and potentially their family and a lot of generations too. So. And generations down. And that'll always be the argument. And that's the the draw or the attraction that the G League holds over college basketball. Because to Kyle and Tyler's point, you can go to college, you can get hurt, or you can immediately cash in on your, your talents, your hard work, all the above, and go to the G League. And so that, in my opinion, is why the question will never be answered. It's it, You it's have so to break it down on an individual person. basis. Right. It's so unique to each individual person's situation, place where they are in yeah. life. You uh, know? Well, so, and, and we can build on this question here in that, NCA has found themselves in a very interesting time there. They've kind of reached an inflection point as a business in that they're going to have to start paying their players to compete with the G League, who is attracting their top talent away from their business. And so if the NCA can start paying players or on their likeness, jersey sales, potentially even production at, um, in a later stage of the process, then yes college is going to be more attractive but right now if i'm a kid that didn't have a ton growing up and has an opportunity to grab the bag as they say and support their their family for at least like the next five ten years i'm gonna do it if i was in their shoes too and and i think two points is um this year will be a really interesting test because you have Jalen Green, who was last year's top overall high school player, went to the G League and is and is doing well, doing mm -hmm. really well. He'll probably be the top pick then in next year's draft. But kind of the first crop of players to go, uh, Dashian Nix, who was going to go to UCLA, also elected yep. that, and Jordan Kaminga, I think is his name. It's yeah. it's I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name right, but those three are kind of the top recruits that elected to try the G League thing. If they end up being stars... You're gonna see, I think, a flood of well, because then you're the Amoni, like, you know, Amoni Bates out of Amon, uh, yeah. Amoni he's Bates. apparently he's weighing that option too. Right. I think he's seen what's gonna happen here. Where does Jalen Green go? I can probably do that same thing. And then, be a top draft pick next, and then you're chilling. Well, and then your guy like Mikey Williams, who's a literally a sophomore in high school, has three million Instagram followers, and has highlight tapes made of every game he's played. Like, it's kind of tough to not. Why would say, he go to like, college? Why would yeah. I go to college? But I, I also think. Jack, you made a good point there about if the NCAA is going to pay players and everything. But I have to say, with what we just saw with March Madness between men's and women, they're not going to figure it do out. Do we trust the NCAA to do no, anything no. revolving around no, money no, and the no. distribution of funds? No, like, no. Or their whole history. They've just. Not to mention when there's guys like 
I mean, the first person that comes to mind is like a Jay Billis, who's like obviously one of the biggest voices in college basketball, who's just an advocate for paying these athletes in some sort of fashion. And clearly, like that doesn't resonate with the with the NCAA. And it's it's kind of baffling because like this, I feel like this argument's going on for years. Oh, it has. And it's just like there hasn't really been anything that's been established that's like been seen as progression because if you're the well, NCA and tell someone makes you why not right and I mean as long as they're making billions which they are yeah. obviously it's right probably we're not going to see a lot of change and, and why would those top guys okay we'll just keep making money 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 and then it all goes to shit well we're still billionaires well, yeah you know? that's yeah. a good point so Jack you you look like you're busting ready to say something well, I my, my point is that the G League, as a business, competing against the NCAA, has an opportunity to change that direction of the NCAA That's a good point. men's totally basketball. Good point. In yeah. basketball, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit – or excuse me, in football, it's a little bit different because these individuals, they don't have a choice. They they either, no other they, they go to college for a year or whatever it is, and then they have to – like that's the standard progression in basketball it's a little bit different because you have competing entities in the g league or europe basketball or overseas wherever you're going to go so the ncaa is going to have to make a decision at some point if their product is suffering because all the talent chooses in right. the next few years which we're starting to see that become a trend all the the young talent choose to go a different direction in lieu of the ncaa and so if that begins to be a trend then as a business they're going to change their their strategy and they're right. going to have to pay their players and and not to speak for our whole podcast but i know we all probably and agree. fuck the nca by the way right because yeah. i just <laughs> no wanted to them. say yeah. real quick and i know we all jack just confirmed we all kind of agree with this but what we saw with the men's and women's basketball tournament is just a microcosm of like how the women are just getting absolutely screwed facilities resources uh employees there to help them like it's ridiculous the first chance ncaa ever had to do like a bubble control the environment and they just it's it's okay. unbelievable non for profit business how, how long is it is it, is it a month long uh, tournament that's the part that yeah, kills me it so is they yeah. you can't, you're telling me they can't afford better food no, they, for they a can. month and they tyler can. they can't one month to, jack just said it they're supposed to be like the thing and i hope you're right about it shifting back to like the students playing sports because yes i get it's business money always money rules the world basically but at this and it's it's impossible to disregard that part of it but at the same time, they're supposed to be there to be an organization so, that supports and uplifts all student athletes. And it's become completely revenue based like it's the NBA or WNBA. And guess what? It's not. It should be a place where students can play sports and be supported by the fucking organization that's allowing them to play sports. I have a quick question for you fans. So right. take this question from the fan. You just watched the Oregon State Beavers. You're right. so into it. Like it's life or death for you because you attended the college. You're an alumni now. It's, I mean, right, it's life or death. We're, we're going to cancel work, whatever it takes to watch March Madness. So let's say five years from now, we know the top 40 players in the next upcoming NBA draft in 2025. Are in the G League. They're in the G League. They're in Europe. They're in Greece, wherever they are. Are you still going to be glued to your TV watching so. your school compete in March Madness? Yes. I couldn't and care that's less, the thing. I don't think. I, I think that yes, the answer would be yes. You would still be glued and, to the TV. And and if we... that's what the the NCAA has going for them is the exactly in, call, in like that's where they have the, the United upper hand States 1, aside from any other country in the entire world has this weird connection to where they went to school if it was a group of us four out there competing for the beavers you know like guys that, who aren't nearly as good as what we're seeing yeah. now stadium I, would be full it would I would still be yeah. watching because it's because the beavers it's the school I went to because of what you said Jack it. exactly yeah. 
It's a good point. And that's that, a great point. That, that's unlike any other country in the entire world. So And it's unlike professional so, sports because so, there's not... You're choosing that. And that's why they kind of have a monopoly on the sport. Totally, yeah. and, so and they're they like, don't okay. really care. So, I, I, one on one side, I want to argue that the G League or Europe is going to get take business away from the NCAA. But on the other side, as Not a fan, enough. as an alumni of the University of Oregon, I could give a rat's ass what talent we're putting on the floor as long as they're playing the Beavers. Yeah. I'm watching. As long as it's college yeah. basketball. As long as they're playing Gonzaga, USC. And it's, yeah. it's March and I'm you've got one watching. game for the rest of and your career. Yeah. I, I guess watch. I'm trying to win a fucking natty. <laughs> I, I guess the issue is, is like basketball is the only other. They have the G League. Football doesn't have the G League. Yeah. MLB doesn't yeah. have the G League. Well, that's why this and discussion that, is centered around basketball. Totally. Because it's more. And, and so, also why it's probably not going to get solved it, too quickly. No, it's not. No, yeah. I think we just came to that conclusion. The right. NCAA isn't going to pay anyone shit. And why would we think otherwise? They haven't done. They've like, proven they're going to be yes. greedy every chance they can. So and this year as was long just as another reminder. I, I wish all sports haven't had an avenue to go make their money, or at least the NCA can be like, you can make money off your likeliness or, or likeness or whatever. Yeah. But that, why would they do that? Because then they're losing a bunch of money, well, right? Who knows? And so my question with that too is like, or not question my, I guess opinion with that is that's all fine and good. I don't give a shit if they make thirty billion dollars a year. Just do it the right way because you're supposed to be a collegiate organization it's yeah. different you're not supposed to be a business where your executives are making a 50 million a year you're supposed to be supporting student athletes you're literally literally a not-for-profit organization exactly so like who gives a fuck <laughs> making if you're a making big profit. eight million yeah. spend four million on this and four million on that and make it equal and just boom done and like we're and you still have millies because guess what yeah. to jack's point everyone's gonna show up to watch and nothing's gonna change they did it with way less money before and even with inflation all that shit there was less money prior there's more money now and things have only gotten more divisive which is incredible but yeah. i guess that's humans in a nutshell we're going dark this time um on this <laughs> podcast let's move right along we're staying in Woo! sports we're already topic. we're already about 50 minutes in so it's gonna be long today but we don't get to talk to jack all the time um, so we have to touch on. We've saved it. We did. The Blazers. Uh, Blazers make a move at the trade deadline. One that I don't. It's been interesting to see the reaction because I don't think people are upset about the on court move. But when you lose a guy like Gary Trent, who's kind of been adopted by the city, a uh, long shot second round pick that kind of worked out. All Heart and Pat soul Connington, guy. Pat Connaughton, but a lot better. To be honest, um, I love you, Patty Fastball. <laughs> but uh, like Gary Trent, uh, I mean, like Portland loved him. He liked he fit the mold of Portland. He was really scrappy, kind of undersized, but competed. Um, maybe undersized is unfair. He's like six six, but the dude was loved by Portland. That being said, in return, Rodney Hood leaves as well. Game uh, four here over the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Never forget that. He's in our history no, books. He's, Never he's forget. forever in a Blazer history book. Like, that being yeah. said, then, man, has he sucked since the injury. <laughs> yeah. um, so him, Gary Trent, Rodney Hood to Toronto. In return, Blazers grab Norman Powell, who is having a career year, by the way, and has been no slouch himself. Very similar, in my opinion. To, I think all we've all shared this. Kind of traded Gary Trent for an older Gary Trent. Like, you, don't, you don't see any... He's a little different. I, I think. I think he's a little different too. How so? So let just go for it. I, mean, I think he's a better that. slasher. I think he finishes okay. at the rim better. So like overall, a better offense. I think player? he's just a more polished player at his career at this point. Nothing against Gary. He might develop into something better than Norman. That's true. Um, but I think Norman's defense right now 
slashing ability and shot making ability is better right now. Right. Yeah, kind of right. going off that, I think he's just like a more all around scorer in the sense that he doesn't necessarily. I think Gary was a little similar to CJ in the sense that he kind of needs the ball in order to create for himself. I feel like Norm can kind of score in any fashion where it's like he doesn't need the ball at the top of the key in order to create for himself. He can kind of be that guy that gets just sits there in the corner and hits threes, but also can create for himself. So I think he's just a little bit more of a dynamic Gary Trent at this point in his career. He's obviously older, and I totally agree with Tyler. It's not that Gary Trent can't be that kind of guy. I think Gary Trent probably will be that kind of guy one day. I just think for the Blazers right now, maybe it made more sense for them to get someone like Norm. That's a good point to me because I think uh, Norm, like I said, traded Gary Trent for older Gary Trent, but that older piece is kind of important because you can see his the way he moves on the court is very vet savvy. Like He's always in the right spot. He played in the finals with Toronto and then – He's averaging near 20 points a game this year, so kind of peaking in his career, having his prime. Um, Jack, you always seem to have unique takes. You're the only guy that's still <laughs> pissed that this year, in 2021, we didn't trade back for Alfaro Camino. So, R.I.P. And Mo Harkless. The chief. The, the chief. <laughs> the chief, who uh, coincidentally hasn't basically played in two years, but you still <laughs> want him back. That's respectable. <laughs> what do you think about the Blazers grabbing Norm Powell? So, important background notes here is that the Blazers would not have been able to afford either of the two, Gary Trent or Norman Powell, after the year. Um, Norman Powell. This year. After this year. Well, not Nor- necessarily. Norman Powell yeah, has, has a- There's some asterisks with that statement. There yes. are some Why? asterisks. Because Norm one, could opt into 11, his contract well, for $11 one, million. Dollars, and he's going to get paid more than $11 million. Let's start with Gary so, Trent. We could true. have technically re-signed Gary Trent for any sum of money. We've had Gary Trent since we drafted him. Therefore, we have his bird rights. He's been on our team for two years. Therefore, we can sign him and exceed the cap. Mm-hmm. But it would maybe put us over the luxury cap. We're not going to be able to Luxury tax, him. sorry. Which would... Which I think... The, po- the problem is he's going to make he more than $50 he million. He elected to not extend with us at the beginning of the year, which says a lot, right? Because he could have extended, yes, which no. means we still could have exceeded the cap with his contract. But he said no I'm gonna to that. I'm going to make more money on the market. I can probably go so, make more money on the market. So I think the Blazers are probably like... And I'm sorry, this, but like the way he's playing, he's he's going to make more money. He's playing well totally. this year. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't disagree no one, with that. No one thought he was going to carry on his bubble performance Except Gary Trent Jr., he bet on himself, and it's working. Yeah, no, He's going I'm to make just saying money like the, there's an asterisk in your statement because you're saying like there's no way, like there is a way that he could have stayed. It there's was just a very way. unlikely. way. There's a very yes. unintelligent, like a, a a dumb way that we would keep totally. either Powell, who's going to make a shit ton of money in the off season. Yeah, yep. He's not that. going to play up the player option for 11 million dollars. That's his option. That. Yep, and we're not going to be able to pay Gary Trent, which right. would have been like a three year. Let's call it. $45 million contract. Yeah, for sure. No, 15 a year. But here, so, well, go, go. And really quick on the difference between the two. Um, Dame, everybody knows that we are all in this year. We mm-hmm. traded our first round next year for Rocco. Mm-hmm. Neil has made that very clear to the fan base. That's what the fan base wanted. Mm-hmm. Neil is giving us what we want. Mm-hmm. And so we made another all-in acquisition in that, in my opinion, personal, semi-amateur Slash professional, <laughs> slash <laughs> casual. That has been published online. Slash casual. The recently um, defunct fan Portland opinion. Norman Powell is a hell of a lot better than Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. I think we're selling high on Gary Trent. I think Toronto's selling high on Gary or Norman Powell. I still. Guess what? I think Norman Powell's a hell of a. Lot I actually than Gary think Trent. it was a good deal for both teams. Now, that, like when you really think back about it, because it's like. Toronto's in that weird situation well, where it's like, are they going to be rebuilding or are they not going to be rebuilding? Which it's kind of baffling to me that they didn't end up trading Lowry. Or ridiculous. Yeah, but, but that's a side. Really, <laughs> really quick. Let's let's dissect it a little bit more. Let's go a layer deeper. So 
Gary Trent Jr. is... How does this affect LeBron? No, Gary, oh. Gary Trent Jr. is benefiting on wide open three-pointers developed by yours truly, Dame Lillard, and CJ McCollum. Norman Powell is a six-man coming in and probably trying to create most of his own stuff. Kyle Lowry, great for a 35-year-old star in the National Basketball League. Mm-hmm. But the best player on the team is Siakam, who is not necessarily a creator like a Dame or a CJ who can dish on a drive to wide open Gary Trent Jr., and so, in my opinion, Powell is a hell of a lot better at creating his own shot, getting to the into the paint. He has this nice little uh, old-school mid-range game along with a lethal shot from three. Mm-hmm. So I think Neil recognized that. I think he recognized that we have an opportunity to sell really high mm-hmm. on Gary Trent Jr., even though it's tough as a Blazer fan because we developed that guy and we draft mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Love him. Um, but if I'm Neil, I, I love... And like as a Blazer fan, I love the move. No, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. And I, I, the one thing that did make me sad was when I was reading that apparently Gary Trent was sad about the trade. Was he? Uh, yeah, apparently Gary Trent. He was, was a taking, Portland guy. He was taking a nap before before the game. And oh like, no! Got a phone call when he oh. woke up from his nap from his from his agent was like, he, I don't think he was expecting does, to be traded. Does basically. him make does him taking a nap make this a little sadder for some weird reason? Yeah, no, it kind of does. To well, me, maybe it kind of does bit because it shows that he was a little bit more lax about not getting. Yeah, traded. to me, it does. If he was yeah. wide awake on it also like makes a second yeah. cup because of coffee. It, 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 like there's no way no, Zach Collins was bad. taking a nap. Zach Collins was probably like, oh shit, oh shit, every you know, <laughs> for the last like couple hours of trade deadline, it's like I'm just waiting for a phone call to get traded. But it's yeah, also Gary a compliment. It, yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment to Gary being like, We're not gonna be able to pay you, dude. Like we already have yeah. forty million well, in our what well, a, he probably had bigger aspirations too. Let's be honest. CJ McComb is signed with us for the next three or four seasons or whatever it is. I don't remember off the top of my head. But Gary Trent is not gonna be starting at the two guard in Portland when CJ McCollum is here, no matter if he's even better. Let's be honest. CJ McCollum is always going to be starting. So, and, and for the record, he's not even close to better. No, no, he's not. And that's not what I'm trying to say. Maybe, <laughs> no, I know. Maybe two I'm years from now, I'm, I don't for know. Everyone else. Who knows? Maybe he will be better in I two know. years. Probably CJ's not. better. But like, I think at the end of the day, like it's it made sense because my guess is Gary didn't extend with us this offseason when he had the ability to. Because he's like, I think... He's betting on himself. He's betting on himself, and he probably thinks that he can be a starting two guard in this league. And I don't disagree with him. I think he can't be. On a shitty team. Yes, he's not yeah. exactly. Maybe, maybe a mediocre team. I don't. I don't know. It's mediocre hard to say. Hard um, what my he's, thing's he's, like. He's twenty two. Hard to say at this wh- point. Why did Toronto yeah, trade us? Ceiling. Why did Toronto trade us? Norman Powell, no, not them thinking we don't want to pay this guy what he's going to be owed because it's going to be like twenty plus million, right? Probably like high teens. Who Norman? So less, Norman? less yeah, than eleven teams, million dollar player option. Mid teens. Yeah. So Mid-time. less than Gary. Same 11, with Gary, so. but. Well, what Gary Toronto did is they're thinking Toronto's so thinking they can resign Gary because he's younger, and so they're trying to. No, he may not get more. I, I don't. It depends on what teams offer him. But what I see is them making the same amount of money, like around, close to. You you, you think Gary's going to okay. make more? Well, that works in Toronto's favor, and that works in Portland's favor because Norm's older and but not we're much in a win now mentality. That's that's our well, state 22 right now. Twenty two to twenty eight, or what did you say? Seven. Twenty seven. Twenty two. I mean, five years. That's it's a gap. I, I have to agree rebuilding. with the idea of this fitting both teams pretty well. Like you're, yeah. I, I said it at the top. I think you basically traded Gary Trent for older Gary Trent, but an older Gary Trent's better for Portland because he's also a little better right now. That being said, why keep Gary Trent when we're like, aren't we just playing for Dame's? Yes. High, like he's got what a cu- you know good amount of years left. Let's pray, but let's say a couple years. Four. left. When he's done, it's not like Gary Trent's are 
game changer. It's not like that's the guy that's now going to start scoring 28 a game. And so I, I agree with, like, let's try to ride Dame's career, you know, timeline. Go with the Norm Powell, who's five years older and maybe a little bit more refined in a playoff scenario because he's, he's, he's played in the finals. And then, yes, it's not a significant change, but that's what I want to get to next. I don't know if you guys already touched on it while I was taking my little tinky break. But uh, Neil Olshay, Jack, you said you defined this as an all-in move. Well, and I would uh, like to address that because, to me, this feels like the most typical standard Neil Olshay, hire me back for four more years move that I've ever seen. It's just like, <laughs> let me grab the mid-range guy that we're all going to debate for an hour and three minutes and... At the same time, secure my next contract, but really keep us in the exact same spot. Well, all in That's in a specialty. All in in the context of the Portland Trailblazers. So our our all in move was Roco because we gave up a future first, knowing that we'd be good and that Dame's in his prime. Um, all in, and now in we're that, all in because we said Gary Trent for Norm Powell. Well, it uh, at least Aaron aligns. It at least in. aligns with his strategy. Thank it's you. not an all in move. <laughs> I wanted to get to that, I, I don't mean but that's will. that's two more we first will. round picks. And I don't know. I don't know. It's aligning. They gave up one first round pick. Well, no, they gave up two. Sorry, I cut Jack one, off. Let it, let yeah, him finish sorry, this point. I'm sorry, I saw. Yeah, I cut him off. To book in, no, 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 no. To book in my point is it aligns with Dame's career prime timeline. His is curve. Yeah, I better guess than saying. Gary Trent. You're saying yeah, because we had I mean, one no, season's worth asking. of Gary Trent. They're asking, trying yeah. to make moves that are all into winning. That are aligning with Dame. We have Dame, and even if it's this we, minor, and by the it we're, is a we're in the era it. of you have to adhere to the stars' yeah, demands, no matter what. And so, if Dame's in his prime for the next two years, we have to do whatever best suits Damian Lillard at all costs, That's or fair. else he could go to the Lakers next year and just play the whole AD card. Um, he won't do James that. Harden Jack, card. He won't do it, LA but I'm saying here. he won't do it because we're also kind of working ass. with him. Whereas, like True. the Pelicans and Houston AD, weren't working. Well, Houston more well, than the Pelicans weren't working. Well, they both with their stars. So at least we're trying. Yeah. Whereas some of the other um, it's teams as healthy aren't, aren't as a working with their stars. Superstar relationship has been this yeah. era out of any of the teams. Like giving up a healthy. feature first for a small market team is a big. Freaking deal, especially for a guy like Rocco. Because that's the only way we attract piece. talent is the damn draft, and so that's a big deal. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's a huge and deal. That's a good frame to put it through. Is like, I mean, Damian Lillard and so, CJ are both Portland draft picks. So, so well, the only reason we're good is because of what we just gave up. So first, that's a good point. I want to go back to the Aaron Gordon. Yeah, let's jump into it because I agree with Connor and that that would have been an all-in move, in my opinion. Not that Norm Powell wasn't trending towards all-in move. I in think Jack's it was. definition of all-in, I think it fit, but for what yes. we were originally thinking of, like, let's make the splash so move. So, the Nuggets gave up Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, a first-round pick for Aaron Gordon. Isn't that just Anthony I have Simon, a very Zach hard Collins time believing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have a very hard time believing, because normally, I agree in the sense that, like, there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, rumors that the Blazers are mentioned in, and I don't think a lot of them are actually realistic or true. I think the Aaron Gordon's is different. I think we had a chance at Aaron Gordon because I look at what they gave up and I do think we could have offered something similar that maybe like Zach Collins, Anthony Simons first rounder, I would argue is better than that package. I would make the argument. It's at, least, uh, it's at least close. Gary Harris is like Not a very, very mediocre bench player no. where you could give them Anthony Simons and Zach Collins who are still very young in their career and a first rounder. 
It might be better. Than yeah, I kind of like it. I really do think it's a better deal. RJ Hampton's pretty good. Bold statement here. Yeah, kind of yeah. like Zach Collins healthy and the potential he brings I to Portland too, over not, Aaron Gordon. I loved Sam Bowie healthy too. <laughs> I would have loved Michael Jordan more. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm, no, if I'm Neil, Neil looks at Zach as like, oh my God, this guy fits our team perfectly and we could have him for the next 10 years instead of Aaron Gordon for two. Dude, I don't, are we going to have Zach Collins the next 10 years? He literally is an understatement after this year. I'm over so. the Collins experience. I'm still in. Neil was probably All like, in. well, shit, he didn't want to trade any more first-rounders away to keep his draft picks, I'm guessing, because he already gave up one to get Roko. Yeah, but I'm arguing that that would have been I know, All in. I know, yeah. and then he his evaluation of Aaron Gordon was like, well, that's not enough, and that's where we all get frustrated yeah. because like we never do it, so, and then we always get like the Norman Powell's. The last one I can remember what I was stoked about was Aaron Aflalo, and then Wes Matthews right. tore his Achilles, and then it was just shit. It, that was. We, we have never had a situation where we've been healthy, and then we make a move at the deadline, like get a Norman Powell. Like we're not even healthy now because we don't have Zach Collins. Like we don't even have a full fucking roster. No, that's a. I mean, it is a good point. Like injuries are always gonna. It seems like we're always gonna deal with that. That's just a Portland portion of it. But I'm curious as well on your opinions. Obviously, Aaron Gordon and uh, Evan Fournier have been somewhat of a package deal for CJ McCollum over the last like three years. That is rumored every trade deadline. That clearly would have been too much. In hindsight, I would like to know now that both those guys have been shipped off from the magic, different circumstances over the three years. I totally get that. So it's not a one for one. Totally. In hindsight, would you have liked that trade? Because I think that was probably the most popular suggested trade over the last three years for CJ. That was really realistic um, i know there's other trades out there but that one was very realistic yeah. i mean i would have much rather gave up aunt zach in a first round pick that's the, than yeah, give up cj this knowledge than like this year's knowledge two, year, two, two years, years ago, ago i still i love cj and i'm not saying i would have done this trade but i yes. do think that it maybe would have given us a different lineup that maybe would have led to more success because we would have been more spread out in right. our skill set it definitely would have provided two starters versus one a better four, starter a Fournier, than those who other isn't as two. good as CJ, but a very ca- like capable starting two guard in this league, and then also bolstered our front court by a lot. That's it, that trade's just always piqued my curiosity. So Jack, you're shaking your head. You're saying no fucking way. Well, I I think it's a very undervalued skill of a GM to not do anything. It's a lost art. Like it is a lost art, and, and it's yeah. tough for a GM because you get evaluated on the moves you make and how they work out. But what should also be evaluated is the moves that you don't make when you could have made a move. For example, CJ for Aaron and Evan Fournier in a league where having a a true score is the ultimate like treasure. It's it's impossible to find. There's. 20 in the entire league, and we have two of them. I mean, having Damon CJ paired together gives us the and, best shot. And Neil recognized that, and to his credit, though he won't get credit for it, he won't get his due, he didn't make the move. And that is equally as impressive as making like a good draft, in my opinion, or a savvy uh, f- uh, free agent signing or whatever it is, right? A, f- a savvy trade. Or does he not trade CJ because he knows he drafted both of them? Well, it looks really good. I was going to say, though, you're making that <laughs> but argument an opportunity with the unknown to. of knowing what the Blazers would have been like if he did make that trade. I'm just so saying. It's, it's, I mean, it's all spec- It's all speculation at this point. And you're you're on the side of no, you think no. it was the right move to not make that deal. It's not speculation. So it's I a was, fact. No. CJ is way better than Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. He is, it's not and, even well, close. Well, I don't, well, I don't think that's the argument. I don't 
don't think it's a comparison of is CJ better than those two. Ago, I think it's about would your case. team win well, more basketball? If we're evaluating games? over the last two years, in my opinion, we would have won more basketball games over the last two years. That, and that's what I'm saying. CJ. That's your opinion, but it's all speculation. You don't know that if we all of a sudden had it's pretty Dane close Lillard, to a concrete Evan Fournier, fact. And Aaron Gordon are starting the lineup, and with Nurkic. <laughs> I mean, I'm just to, saying. I'm no, just no, playing devil's advocate, point. if anything. And to, to Jack's point, though, the one thing I will say about this year that's been awesome, like even with the injury, uh, CJ McCollum's in his prime, if anyone's not noticing right now. No one can guard that guy one-on-one, like, or even get close. And I feel like this is the year where he's he's already broken out, but like he is becoming a, a damn near superstar, like maybe considered for all, probably would have been an all-star this year if he didn't get hurt. But this year feels like... I'm kind of joining. I might have. I was probably more on Kyle's side before this year. Of like, it would have been nice to see what maybe that looked like. I'm not saying we no, should have done the trade. I know. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not saying. saying I love CJ opinion. more than the next guy. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like this year, CJ has taken a step to. I totally understand where Jack's coming from. Like he can't be guarded one on one, and if he is. Like last night, he's gonna have thirty in the first half, and if he's not, then Dame will. And it's fun to watch, and it's fucking been a fun ride to uh, to experience with the Blazers. One ride that was you have one more. I, I can Go I cap yeah, this yeah, Blazer yeah, conversation yeah. off real quick yes. on a, on a high note. Yep. Can we talk about how legendary it would be for the Blazers to win a championship with this team, having Dame and CJ paired up, being the small school guys, the Lehigh and Weber State guys. And then having Mello on the squad, never have winning a championship. So much lack of belief in this this and roster. Yes, <laughs> the the ups and downs, the Twitter yes, just by the writers of the NBA. Yeah. Oh, I don't, don't even get me started gone. on the Jason Petersons and the Dwight James. I hate Blazer Twitter so much. Our, our guys are the worst. That are supposed the Chad doing. Why do you always no. defend Kenzano? What's your deal? I don't like Kenzano. I don't like any of them. Kinzano when did I ever? We could do his job. You love Kenzano. No, dude. you're big Kenzano. But you're can, like, the, oh, trade day. Out of yes, all the years, Kinzano. honestly, this is kind of the year that the Blazers have one of their best shots. Clay Thompson's out. LeBron's hurt. AD's hurt. We can if we finish. LeBron the, ain't hurt. LeBron's hurt right now, Connor. Let me talk. If if the Blazers play their best basketball the second half of the season and they go into the playoffs hot and together and like playing good, getting Nurk back, get Dame back, Norman, all these new guys, other than the buzzsaw and Lamarcus's bitch ass joining Brooklyn, like why not us? Why not us? Why not Dame? Who ha- who else has Dame? This is classic Blazers. Every year we find some sort of I mean, excuse. Why would work. you not? Like in the bubble last year, we're like, we're the hottest team. Like, why not us against the Lakers? After, after game one. I mean, that is <laughs> yeah, literally us. what we have to it's do. All we have every to it's all we got. <laughs> and damn, do I love it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and how great is it that we have someone like Dame who makes you kind of believe it? Like, you're like... Man, there's Alan a ch- there's a it. chance it's slim, but there's a chance, and I'm gonna ride that chance to the end. Yep. That's fair. Tyler Ryder dies for his games. We <laughs> yes. know that. Um, you brought up a, a one last thing I want to talk about. We spent a lot of time last pod talking about people or players um, joining super teams to take kind of their easy shot at a ch- championship or to play a role to you know be a part of that. So. My least favorite Blazer of all time, I'm confident <laughs> saying that, LaMarcus Aldridge, has uh, not only abandoned Portland, but he's now abandoned San Antonio because it was too hard for him to try to carry his own team like he wanted to what, do. What was up with that? Oh, it, it, his lack of talent and dedication to the craft. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a lie. He's very good at basketball. Is he, but, though? Uh, no, he's not. I mean, he's Connor, like a six-time All-Star. Keep not shaming good enough him. For not good enough for the Blazers, I'll tell you that much. So yep. he goes to Brooklyn because matters. he needs to ride... Uh, James, Kevin, and, and Kyrie. And Blake Blazers. Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Blake. Joe Blake. Harris. Yeah. Uh, who? 
This, they have everyone. I know. And so what do we think about, like, is there ever been a more fitting move for LaMarcus Aldridge than <laughs> Brooklyn Nets on a buyout? No. Yeah, it's pretty fitting. It is very fitting. It kind of makes me feel vindicated as a Who's Blazer worse, fan. Who's worse, Kevin like, Durant or LaMarcus? LaMarcus, no doubt. Anyway, <laughs> I, it, it makes me feel better as a Blazer fan to see him yet again cop out to the next easier situation, just like he did with the Spurs. It's, it's wonderful. It, the only issue is going to be that... He really helps their team, and that's a good move for Brooklyn. Like, not that they needed the help, but now you've got Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden closing your game. So uh, this is it's getting tougher out there. It's Shish. such a such a it's fucking soft 2012. Move. That's a starting lineup in an All Star game. It literally <laughs> is. Like that is the 2012 All Star starters. Any, any follow up thoughts? On it's LaMarcus? just so just sad because Lamarcus. Could have been the, when he originally he left. Could have been Dame. I was checking my phone and Twitter constantly when I was on vacation, and everyone, all the reports was he was leaving. He was on the street walking Greg Popovich. It's like, why are you leaving this situation? Well, he was just scared of it, and then he went and fled to his hometown. No income tax. Goes to San Antonio, <laughs> no makes a shit tax. ton of money, and then just bails out. Like you don't see Demar Derozan quitting on the Spurs. Like what? What? Okay, maybe it's a jump to say he's quitting. There might be other, but like, what? Well, what could the circumstances? Either, enough, may, okay, then there. But at the same time, doesn't mean he has to join fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, he but at his point fire. in his career, just like Blake Griffin, they're not good enough to bring like a team up to that championship level. So and maybe that's the right move. But like, can you go join like? The Clippers or someone well, else. So you just made the point there for me that I wanted to pass to Jack. Jack, am I just hurt that he didn't come back to Portland to help us? We don't want to. No, 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 no. You agree. You're, you're keeping a grudge, rightfully so. Okay, thank you. It is As it a Blazer fan, it's, grudge, it's right? rightfully so, yeah. No, screw that guy for life. Okay, that's all I needed <laughs> to hear. And so I know we need to end the pod because we're now hour 15. I just think I could do a better job than John Canzano. I do too. Our laser writers are so bad. I think he's very boring. Danny Meringue and Damian Lillard shoots seven to fourteen. They they do the I told you so's, or they do like they don't do anything. They They just list stats. They make shitty points, and then if it goes their way. They blast it out no, no, loud, no. and if it doesn't, it just dies. He acts as a color commentator, just explaining the game. This is exactly what happened. Which, I mean, that's great for objective media, but give me some flavor. Yeah. Give me some color. Who, who watches on. pregame? Yeah, four, how, four anybody could do that. Right. At least give me some like unique opinions. I watched on the game already. Your, I your blazer it. takes. Like we're passionate Jeez, fans, and maybe Louise. we get mad irrationally. Yeah. But <laughs> maybe on our safe space here, where ten people listen on the podcast, like yeah. Yeah, we don't tweet it out. I love you, ten. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. They're, I just don't like them. They're not. I don't see why any players or anyone would enjoy what they talk about. Like I, they just. I don't think players give a shit. Honestly, yeah, I think if you're the ones you're, Is you're Brooke getting hot? written about, how can you give a shit? Yeah, you're, like people are literally writing. You're in their dome. You. What'd you just say? Is Brooke hot? Do you think? Who's Who's Olsen, Brooke Olsen, Yeah. Tyler, I'm gonna let you leave that off. <laughs> I think Brooke is a fine lady, okay. as in a, a nice person. I like. Fine no, you looking. just said, "Why do you bite your lip and say coin?" I just stutter sometimes. <laughs> Kyle, she's a gorgeous woman. Yep, she is. I agree. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you're over here laughing, so I don't know. I, I mean, know, no, 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 I agree. I think she's beautiful. Lamar is a stunning. Can I say, man or woman, when you're talking Blazers, it gets me going. You know the I office. Mean, I look at Lamar with the same look. You know so. the, the, the Office episode where they're like, 
hot or not. And there's this whole divide between the office. Yeah, I mean, what's, I'm sorry, it? but the Blazers in the locker room have the same discussion. Hot or not, Brooke Olsen Dam. And it's, it's divided 50-50. <laughs> Dame, four. CJ against. Oh. I can tell. <laughs> You're just them up. <laughs> Collins, four. Nurk against. No, you can just tell. Like you can tell. who's playing against. Hey, shout out Nurk. We got him back. That was nice. <laughs> 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 that was nice. That was nice. Are, are, are we hoping Brooke will join the podcast at some point? I mean, I, don't I think that's a, a, fa- a far chance. I can almost guarantee she's not after this segment. So <laughs> yeah, we solidified that back. We all complimented her. <laughs> can almost guarantee not. Uh, I know oh, we should sign up. One last weird thing, just because we're at the end question. of the podcast and no one listens <laughs> yeah, to this point. Weird at this point. The no one's w- listening. I, okay, this was a, a note I took. But the word darn, like <laughs> darn it, like darn, what a weird word. And like it's the prefix for darn it. Like what is the definition of darn? D-A-R-N, like... Oh, darn. Like, who says darn? You know, <laughs> it's such a weird word. Tyler. Like, I would love the definition of. But, like, that. Isn't it just. What is darn? A church version of damn. No, yeah, exactly. That's it's the only... exact same as damn it. What's damn it? What it exa- that's what I'm getting. What is damn? <laughs> that's not what you were getting at. Well, kind of. <laughs> no, but what is words? Who assigned them yeah. meaning? What Someone says, says what's what, is, what is versus what's French? Who knows? Books is dumb. Who assigns those things? Darn is a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble's also very odd. Bubble? Yeah. yeah. So. That's always a fun one. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, Ty. I'm going to switch us over real quick. But, uh, do we even want to jump into reality TV? I, I mean, we've got I Jack. Think we're, we're a little... Oh, way over. We're, we're, no one's, worth, no one's been listening for 20 minutes, so we John might as well keep John Canzano recording. thinks Brooke is hot, and that's all that matters. <laughs> and we're going to end it there. Yep. Thanks for joining us. All right. Peace. Bye. <laughs> 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 three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off.